Welcome to Choosing Leadership, a podcast for high performers with big dreams and for leaders who know that they are more powerful than the level that they are currently playing. I am Sumit Gupta, your host and the founder CEO of the Deploy Yourself School of Leadership. I am here to help the best leaders get better and to help organizations massively improve their output and impact and at the same time eradicating workplace stress. Yes, completely eradicating, not just reducing, completely eradicating. I believe in creating a future and a work culture where people wait for Mondays, not Fridays and get to do their most meaningful work. The aim of this podcast is not to provide you more content, but instead shift the context under which you operate. This podcast is titled Choosing Leadership because that is what leadership is, a choice. In each episode, I will celebrate leaders who have made such choices, which are not always easy and comfortable, but which has helped them get to where they are today. And let us celebrate the leader in us for choosing to move over our fears, for choosing to be motivated by something bigger than ourselves, and for choosing to deal with every challenge that comes on the way. Let us celebrate you right now for stepping into the unknown and taking courageous action, as those were the moments when you chose leadership. At the end, I will share how you can be our next guest on this podcast. And with that, let's get started. Deepali is the founder and CEO of MyFurries.com. Previously, she was the CEO of Internment and a chief business officer of FirstNockery.com. Previous to that, she was the business head of 99acres.com, where I had the privilege of working under her leadership. In the interview, Deepali shares about being a risk taker and putting her heart and soul into everything that she has done so far. We also spoke about the challenges of being a female leader and how to deal with stereotypes and gender biases at work. We also reflected over the time that we worked together, the positive influence that she had on me and how leadership is all about continuously evolving and growing. Hi, Deepali, and welcome to the Choosing Leadership podcast. Hi, Sumit. Thank you so much for having me here. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to have you here. And to begin with, can you share a little bit about who you are and what do you do today? Yeah, so who am I is a really big question, but I start with what do I do today? So I'm an entrepreneur and I am working on, on a problem uh, in specifically in animal healthcare space. So we haven't really gone public in a big way, but that was something which was always passionate about since my early childhood. So that is what I'm right now working, uh, working on. And basically that is what defines me. I really like... Uh, you know, working on doing things that have huge impact. I like creating. I'm a very creative person by nature. And if I were to really put it in a nutshell, I'm really an explorer uh, and honest and a very positive person. Thank you, Deepali. And I think uh, like for anybody who is listening, I want to add that context that I have worked together with Deepali when I started uh, my career. And one thing which I wanted to like have dive deeper because at least uh, when I started working with you, I have always seen you as a leader, right? You were always the head of like head of a business or head of a department or something like that. But tell me more about that uh, creativity, that exploration that you were mentioning about. What has led you to where you are today? 
So, he, um, leadership is something that, you know, you don't really choose or if you were really to ask me what I really wanted to focus when I started my, in my career and I'm really talking about as a professional uh, way of things is that I really want to work on things, as I said, that had huge impact and I can make a difference. And I was always a go-getter and a risk taker. I really want, always wanted to try out new things. And that is one of the traits, you know, that I realize now, of course, I didn't realize that back in time is a very important trait of a leader. And that has brought me where I am today because I was um, always willing to try out new things, always willing to take risks. Of course, working hard towards it, that has made me to be where am I and somewhere that had made me the leader I am today. Because whatever assignment, whatever project, whatever responsibility I took on, I really uh, believed in it and I really put my heart and soul into it. And, and, that, and because of that, it was very easy to pay, take people along with me. Thank you. Can you share a little bit about those early influences which you led you towards that being a go-getter, being creative? See, earlier influences, uh, at the, not at the cost of sounding very cliched, of course, were my parents. I always saw them as people who were really extremely working hard. And specifically, my mother, who has never say die kind of an attitude. And for her, it, it was always that you can always start at any point in time. You can always again or ever. So, I mean, of course, these are things that was not taught to us and they were not really vocal, vocalizing about it. But then that is what you saw while growing up that uh, they were trying out new things. They were, they were they never say that is something wrong has happened or something that happened that was not what you wanted had happened that you can't go back and try again. So I kind of grew up in that environment and so that kind of a trait or a skill got inculcated at me from the very beginning. So my earliest influences were of course my parents and then uh, as I started my professional journey or as my eyes started working towards there were multiple people who contributed to this thought process that you should always take up or do things that you believe in. Starting out with my first manager to my last employer, InfoEdge or Noxie.com, where there were serial people who were entrepreneurs. So I picked up trades from them and I mean that. That's how I took up assignment, took up projects, took up things where I thought I could totally make a difference. Thank you for sharing that, right? Is there, like a, because what we're talking about is like maybe 20 years ago, something like that. Uh, it's a very different India back then. It's a very different workplace environment. Does being a woman leader has like presented some uh, challenges for you? And how has that journey been right now? Because right now I see there's a lot more awareness. There's a lot more conversations going on. Uh, so I just wanted to understand how has that been for you? Has that presented any tough choices? Choices? No. As I said, that I was very clear in what I could do or what I could not do. So in fact, again, I would not take it back to my upbringing. So in a household, we were not really differentiated uh, in terms of that if you were a girl or a boy, you could do these things and you could do that. So that kind of thing never came into my mind that these are the things I can't do because of my gender. But as you rightly put it, when you move into a professional career, not everybody is from a similar thought process. And of course, society at large, subconsciously, there are certain roles that are predefined that only men can do. And there are certain roles which are defined that women can do. So of course, like any other woman, I did have a lot of these predefined biases. People probably did not even know that they have a bias, but they had a bias. Right from assigning roles and responsibilities to you, to your paychecks 
to moving ahead in your role. All this was largely impacted because of the gender. It is unfortunate, but yes, it was there. And but what, of course, as I said, that what really helped me um, go through all of it is because I had a firm belief in myself, and I really never ever thought from the point of view of that because. I am not able to do certain things because of my gender. I never believed in it. I still don't believe in it. Thank you. Thank you for being open and sharing about it. Uh, so I'm quite curious, right? How have you handled that in like from a point of uh, communication? One, uh, when you're talking to, let's say, women leaders or younger like women entrepreneurs, how do you motivate them or encourage them to stand up for themselves? And secondly, when you face those uh, like biases, whether conscious or subconscious, how have you drawn a line or basically continued to move forward in that area? Very good question. Um, you know, the answer is in the question itself. See, what I realize is, see, being from being a woman, you have to always stand up for yourself. I'm not saying it's easier for men, but what I'm saying that at least they don't have these kind of biases, pre-existing biases. So a lot of things just happen to them because that is how they're supposed to be or that is how they're intended to be. But for women, you have to always stand up, always ask and always be off, uh, always aware of the situation that see if it were a guy, things wouldn't have really gone in... Uh, this direction as simple as that i'll just give you an example as simple as that during an interview i don't think there is a guy who was ever being asked that what will happen to you after marriage invariably i am not sure now because at least i don't ask and i haven't really interviewed uh, to a lot of companies in the last couple of years but invariably whenever i have had given interviews in the past uh, I was always asked, what will you do? Will you continue to work after marriage? What will you do when you have kids? Will you continue to work? What's going to happen to your career? Right or wrong, these kind of questions are never, ever going to be ever asked from a guy. Uh, and I don't think so. People who are asking these questions also realize the impact of what they are trying to do to a psyche of an individual when you're asking these kind of questions. So, uh, yes, um, you have to put a line there that, you know, that has got nothing to do with what I'm going to do or my capabilities. One. Second is you have to uh, always stand up for what you believe in. Always stand up for what is right for you. Otherwise, you will just get left behind. So, you know, you are aware, be aware of what you can do and what you cannot do. And then just stand up and ask for it. Invariably, uh, so you have to have... Uh, so that's it. That's why uh, working in any environment make, makes it a little more complicated for a woman because uh, you have to always stand up for yourself. It doesn't just come in automatically because inherently there's a certain way men are programmed and there are certain way women are programmed. On the top of it, you have these subconscious biases. And I'm not saying subconscious are only in the head of men. Sometimes it is also in the head of women also. Salary caps, very evident. And sometimes even we just... Uh, Take it lying down because they feel, okay, this is all right. That's how it is. It has been. So uh, key is awareness, standing up, asking for it. And if you, uh, you don't know what to do, find a mentor, find a champion for your cause. But then you have to be vocal about what you feel should be, be done with you and how exactly do you want your career or whatever it is. It is just not career, but in, in other things also. You have to be, you know, aware and you have to also be aware that there are gender biases. It's not that they don't exist. They were there earlier on so and they are, I'm 100% sure they are there now also. Thank you. 
So what advice would you give to like somebody who is dealing uh, with all of these challenges, even when you stand up, right? Sometimes you have to face retaliation or treatment, which is unfair. And how do you build the courage and resilience to move forward despite that? Um, so so it's tough. I know it was tough for me and it's going to be tough for anyone because again, as I said, uh, the biases and uh, how can you just stand up and start talking? That is not very becoming of who you are. And, or you are categorized as somebody who always is a troublemaker because you'll always stand up and always mm. ask for something which is rightfully, should be rightfully done to you. Um, see, again, I said the, it has to be, you have to really believe in yourself that what you're doing is and whatever you're entitled, maybe it's not the right word, but whatever uh, you're supposed to be given is supposed, is the correct thing. And as I said that, you should always have champions around you, people who believe in what you are saying, people who believe, who can advocate for your cause, because it's very difficult to do it on your own. So you should always have people around you who are willing to support you. And I say support you, it says that they understand that these kind of things exist and they are willing to be uh, your sounding boards when you are trying to articulate when you're trying to defend yourself and when you are defending your position. So again, I'll give a little example of God has given this privilege to women to be able to bear kids, right? Now, organizations, I'll not say organizations, but I've seen situations where roles are withdrawn from women, but just because, you know, they're taking a break or they are expecting. I mean, for God's sake, they're just delivering a baby. They haven't becoming a, they haven't become brain dead, Right. Oh, no, we want you to. And the reasons they will give you that, oh, no, we want you to uh, be relaxed, calm. We don't want to give a stressful job. And you know that when once you are coming, when you come back after that break, you are never, ever going to be given those prestigious projects or the job or the assignment that was yours earlier. So you have to flag it. You have to take it to the concerned authorities and say that, see, this is this is something that is happening to me and I'm not okay with it. See, if you ask for a break and you say that, no, this is a tiring time for me and I don't, I want a you know, project which is a little light, that's a separate issue. But if you're fully capable, which most of the women are, when you can, of course, deliver a baby, you know, I don't think a mere project is going to be very difficult for you to do, right? But I've seen it time and again that just because you take a break or you are in the process of you know having a baby, uh, your duties are cut down, your responsibilities are cut down, you're not giving, uh, given good projects, which otherwise you would have been if you were uh, not about to give birth to your baby. Thank you. I think that's a wonderful statement and I'm going to quote you on that, right? If you can give birth to a baby, then what else could be more challenging? And it's uh, it's such a wonderful perspective because as men, right, don't even know many times what it takes to give birth or to raise a child, right? And how much that is compared to anything else that we could face uh, at work. So thank you for adding that. Yes, and I want to acknowledge that, right? Uh, like even in my career, when I started and I saw you as the leader, I think the first feeling was like uh, of weirdness, like this feels weird. And But the mm. second feeling, uh, like after, after a while was like, this is something new, right? So you set an example for me and I think I've shared with you before also, like you have been one of those women leaders who have changed yeah. those biases in my mind about <clears throat> what a woman leader can be or what women can do. And thank you so much for acknowledging that, Sumit, because I haven't seen a lot of people or specifically men who can actually agree with the fact that, you know, they had a bias and it changed over a period of time. So it takes a lot of courage. So, I mean, thank you so much and hats off to you to do that. Thank you. Thank you for adding that. 
can you share a little bit more about where, what are you head, where are you headed right now? You mentioned even that is connected to your childhood. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah. So in my um, whatever I was doing, I realized that I liked creating things, new things. I uh, like solving problems which were either uh, not solved before or there was a better way of doing that. So that was something which I was doing throughout what I was in my career. And so after one point in time, even though my career was going all right and I was doing well for myself, I definitely realized that since this is what I want to do, and there were a couple of causes I was deeply connected with and I was associated with them, with them. So I thought, why not move on and start building something that I have always believed in. And that was something which was, uh, you know, working in the pet healthcare or animal healthcare space. So since my childhood, I was always very fascinated by not only pets, you know, all kinds of pets or animals or wildlife or plants around me. And most of the time was um, and from my background on defense forces, I come from a background of defense forces. So I had an opportunity to be in places. They had ample of all these things going on. So I always thought that I would probably do something in uh, in this space at some point in time in my life. And as we moved to Delhi and I started staying here, so all this but fizzled out a bit and we got into a hardcore corporate uh, role. But somewhere as my career and time progressed, I really started thinking more that what can I do? Of course, I had uh, you know in the uh, in that span of time also had an opportunity to have a couple of. Uh, pets of my own and that further strengthened my belief that you know, I think there is a huge gap there and I want to really work on this space. And so whenever I, and way back in 2019, when I decided that uh, I want to be something, do something on my own. So that's where I decided that, okay, I'll start working on this idea and slowly start in a launcher product, which is around this space. And the whole idea was that I do uh, understand that Pet healthcare is something which is still, I mean, of course, it's there in our country, but in a smaller location, far flung area, it's not very accessible, it's not very affordable. So, my endeavor now is to make the pet, pet healthcare accessible and affordable to people all over uh, the country. Thank you for adding that, right? And how does it feel? Because you are now working on something which you so deeply care about. How does this role is different. How does this make you feel different from everything else that you have done before? See, the way, see, because you're so passionate about doing this, it doesn't matter uh, it's day or night or how much money you are making right now or who's there to help you, who's not there to help you. You just know, you, you believe in the cause so much that every day you get up and you say that, okay, today I made a difference in, you know, lives of, let's say, two animals or two pets. And that's enough for you to get going. And nobody really has to tell you that, okay, these are your targets. You are supposed to be achieving them and you've not done this. You're totally self. I mean, I was always self-driven, but this is motivation to a different level. I mean, if not wrong, I work about 16 to 18 hours every day without a complaint. I mean, seven days a week, it doesn't matter. Because the passion is associated with it. You so deeply care about it that you say that, okay, everything, every minute you waste or you delay, I think it is taking you away from your cause. So you just say that, okay, you let me do whatever it takes to make it happen. Thank you. Thank you for adding that. I think this is so relevant because uh, when you often we talk about work-life balance or burnouts, uh, but what you're saying is that, right, when you're so deeply connected to something, when you care about something, 
nothing feels like work or it doesn't feel like a challenge and it gives you its own energy yes so in fact now i really i mean um, understand or no i really feel that there is i'm not really undermining mental health or burnouts of course they do happen but the key here is that if you really care about or if you really love what you're doing you will n- never get burned out yeah thank you for adding that now can you share some of the challenges which you face as you do this one like this is also a cultural thing there there are also then biases around uh, like taking care of pets so you'll have to deal with that but also on the organizational front right as you're building a team Uh, how are you building a team and galvanizing them around something maybe which is very personal to you how are you bringing it out and then building a team and organization around that so uh, again thank you so much it's a very good question the as long as you are doing it all alone you are just responsible for yourself now you are a young company you are just starting out of course when people you when you try and get people along um, not everybody is just there for the cause there are people who also have to put food on the table there are people who want to uh, make their living pay their bills so when you're trying to get people around and you of course uh, don't have that kind of money so you really have to pick and choose people who one uh, believe in the cause because uh, if you're believing in the cause you find ways and means to take care of everything else nonetheless it's important that you have to keep your you have to put the food on the table or pay the bills So number one is that uh, finding people who really believe in the cause um, is something which I really focus on. So that I'm looking at building a team which is with me in the lo- for the long run. It is just not that working uh, for this project because of the fact that they get some monthly salary so that they can pay their bills. So so that's number one thing. And finding them, uh, finding these kind of people, surely is uh, is a lot of hard work. And not everybody, even though that you will find some people who really believe in the cause, but that cause and cost don't really match. So uh, so, the, so building the team is a little slow as uh, I would have liked it, but I'm okay with it because I, as I said that, you know, I'm in for a long run. So it's absolutely okay. Having said that, God has been kind. There have been people who have, come to really work with me or join with me for the course they said okay fine because of the constraints you have it's not possible for us to give you 8 to 10 hours in a day but they have willingly agreed to give us 4 hours a day or 3 hours a day or 2 hours a day whatever that was possible that was that is working in the course or that is something working with the company's affordability and uh, then you know that's how I'm making it happen so a small team but a wonderful team people full of passionate uh, passionate people who really believe in the cause and they know that uh, whatever they're going to do is going to really make a difference uh, in the community of in animal welfare and so on and so forth so that's how i've been able to uh, build my company and i'm hoping that i'll continue to build and right now also i'm hand picking people when i say hand picking people these are the two three trades i'm looking at and uh, not only that sometimes it also is happening that some of my things are getting delayed some of the initiative get delayed because right now you don't have uh, one of course you can work as much second is there isn't the right person who can do that assignment or that project but i'm okay with that because i really feel that uh, i am okay to wait then get into a situation where you have somebody who doesn't really believe in it and he just does it and they just do it and then they just move along so uh, there is so it does uh, slow me a bit but that is something which i factored in thank you and i think as you said right no entrepreneur or leadership journey is without challenges 
Uh, but it's a very different challenge than you're describing because I talk to a lot of leaders and many people don't talk about the why, but like, why are we really here? And if you, as you said, right, you are hiring for that rather than just the best college or the best experience or the best in competency. So uh, you don't at least have to face the motivation or like bring the team together because that is what creates a team. And thank you for explaining that to us, right? Yes. Yes. So it is very important. In fact, uh, thank, uh, as I said that, you know, God has been kind. I've always had people who, ha who has been who have been uh, always with me because of the cause they believed in and because of I've had long runs with the team. There are uh, very, I mean, in fact, everybody I work with, it's, it's always that I have moved on to the next product, project, but people were always you know, with me till the time I was there. So I've been always been fort fortunate enough. And I'm thankful for to all of them who are part of my teams. And it's because of them who I am, because they really believed in me, my cause and whatever you know, we were doing. And we had wonderful teams. I had wonderful teams all through my career. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Right, that I love that uh, attitude because that attitude of gratefulness. Like also, is it, it's a very powerful mood to be it as a leader because many times you can be bogged down by the challenges or the next obstacle or the problem to solve. Uh, and not really celebrate or look back and see what am I grateful for. And what you're demonstrating is again, right, that's a wonderful practice to make the journey easier. Uh, can you share what else do you do? Because like uh, any entrepreneur needs to deal with surprises, uncertainties, especially in the last two to three years, the way we work has changed so much. What else do you do to manage yourself so that you can manage everything else? So I said that because right now I'm trying to put everything together. So the little, I don't get enough, not I say enough time, but I don't want to do anything else apart from focus my whole time and energy in doing what I'm doing. But uh, if you were to say what keeps my balance is I focus on nutrition and fitness in a long way because I understand that whatever I'm trying to do is it's important to not only mentally fit, also physically fit. So I ensure that my health and well-being are top topmost priority because I understand that I can't afford to fall sick or I can't afford to have any kind of illnesses which can slow my pace. So I definitely spend about an and a half every day on ensuring that my, uh, which includes a little bit of my mental well-being, plus of course uh, a little bit of exercise, and I focus uh, more on my nutrition as well. Thank you for adding that part. I mean, I was always particular. Uh, I mean, everybody I work with get one from that. I was always thinking about health and nutrition, but more so in the last two, three years because of what has been happening. Because you understand that if you are, if, if the health is there, if you are, you can't, you are able to take care of yourself, everything else is possible. Otherwise, oh, you just can't do anything. Thank you. I think it's so fundamental, right? You start with yourself, your body, and then everything yes. else falls through. Thank you. Yes. yes. Yeah. Mental health, uh, everybody talks about it, but again, uh, stress and st so it's not that in a day-to-day -day life you don't get stressed out. There are situations which don't really bother you. But again, I said when your cause is, is worthy enough or you really believe in your cause, everything else becomes noise. Absolutely. So you believe in your cause and you should always focus on what you are trying to do. Everything else then becomes a noise because whatever you do, you say your action, if it is helping you go through that, take you closer to your cause or your goal. Then it's worth it. Otherwise, then if people say something, uh, and of course, it's not that people don't say stuff to you. People are nasty. Sometimes things don't happen the way you want them to happen. I just treat them as noise. Okay, this happened. It was not supposed to happen. You put it aside and then just move along. It helps you maintain your sanity and uh, 
you have your focus and goal there. Thank you. Yeah, it obviously adds to that meaning part. I think it becomes so meaningful. Yeah. Even the struggles become meaningful. So thank you yes. for sharing that. At the same time, I also know that, right, a lot of people either are not aware of what they are passionate about or even when they are aware, they found themselves in a job for like whatever reason, which is not directly connected to that. And that leads to a lot of frustration, even if they're doing good work. What advice would you have uh, for somebody like that, right, to get to where you say that you are uh, how to find um, the best match of uh, what you're passionate about, what you care about, as well as what works for you professionally. So as I said that, you know, you have to spend a lot of time with yourself and try and ask questions from yourself that what exactly do you want? And what I'm including me and earlier days specifically, I can talk about, you don't do that. You just, most of the time, you're... Um, what you do, your decisions are really based on uh, what's happening around you or what is expected out of you. So you, you've uh, done your, let's say, college. Now, next thing is oh, definitely you get a job. Now, if you are getting a job, the job is to be of a typical type and you are supposed to get a typical salary. And then, uh, you know, there is this ripple effect that sets in. So from the very beginning, from the time you start studying and when you can really start thinking, the First question one should ask to oneself is that why I'm doing this and what is it, how is it helping me to achieve where I want to go? So why I'm doing this also is a very difficult question to answer. And um, because it's difficult, you don't want to answer it. You kind of always keep on running away about it. I mean, this is how it is supposed to be. I'm doing what am I supposed to be doing? Oh, I've finished my studies. Now I'm supposed to get a job and this is what it is. But your daily satisfaction and you will also see that to be successful in any career or any job, or even if you're talking about your business, you will only be able to do that if you know why are you doing that. Otherwise, you're just doing it like a robot. You, you have no idea why this is happening. And that's how the frustration and the burnout, as they call it, everything will set in. So, and it is okay. If you say that, okay, for five years, I just want to, uh, you know, work or do a job. And I try, I really don't want to, I don't understand that whether I really want to do programming or I want to be a graphic designer or I want to get into sales or I want to be a finance guy. That's absolutely okay. But then you should know that you are doing this because you want to try out and find out why, what is really working for me. So, so the finding your passion or why you're doing something will only happen uh, when you try and say that, okay, I want to do this and then you have to like it. And when I say you have to like it, the only way to find you like it is that every morning when you get up, nobody has to tell you to get up and start doing your job. If you are at that level, this means at least, you know, you're liking what you're doing. If somebody has to tell you every morning and that somebody could be people at home, your folks or people in in, in work that I have to be in office at 10.30 because or I have to log into uh, a Zoom call at 10.30 because there is a meeting. If somebody is reminding you of that, this means that your heart is really not into it. You are just doing it as a task. So finding a passion is actually speaking as simple as that. But because it is so simple, most of the people don't get it. Thank you. Thank you for adding that. Right? For anybody who's listening, I would invite them to like uh, recap the last five minutes and repeat and listen to it many times because there is so much value and wisdom. Uh, in like one way I like to add is right we are always living in a set of cultural narratives without even realizing it like what should we do what kind of job like how to treat or what does it mean to be a man to be a woman like or to be a software engineer to be a designer and unless we stop ourselves and question these narratives 
we will just continue to swim in them without realizing that like we are inside them and we have a choice to actually do something about it right so what you're in fact so to your point uh, we always have a choice yes yeah that, that's Yes. So in fact, I mean, I just add to your journey. Uh, I know knowing you from where you started, I could have never fathomed in my dreams that I will see Sumit as a uh, a leadership and a career coach, and you are doing it so beautifully. I mean, it was it was beyond my imagination because again, as I said, that my conscious uh, and my biases that okay, mostly programmers or people who are who are into programming and coding, it, the maximum I've seen them is they end up uh, doing their startups. Or they are doing something in the software development field. You made a complete switch, and I think you have. I can really see you blossoming in whatever you are doing. I mean, it's showing on your face, Amit. <laughs> thank you, thank you for adding that. Right, I, I want to add. Right, I never planned, or I never thought. Like when I was, uh, and I've lived that life. I have lived like a life of chasing more money or bigger titles, or like yeah. doing uh, a startup because like this person is doing a startup. I've lived that life as well, yeah. But somehow, I think I found those courage or life has presented me those uh, like sharp turns to really yeah. see or to put in front of me what I was not uh, willing to see, uh, and then somehow I have been lucky to make those choices. And as you said, right, many of them have panned out well. So I'm so glad and grateful for that. But thank you for acknowledging that. Thank you for sharing that. It's like I always give my own example uh, to people because if I can do that, I don't know. what else can i do first of all it gives me more courage to do something crazy in the future as well mm-hmm. uh, and then i share that right if i can do that then what else can you do that you think right now is impossible for you in fact uh, i i really don't know uh, your full story but my point is that sometimes your immediate family or your immediate uh, network also say that you know, that is how life is supposed to be why you giving up everything away to try out something and specifically at this stage in your life and everything you have a family going on and you know you have a child so they uh, i mean uh, you will find few champions who will say okay no go ahead and do it but rest of the time there are so many people who will say that just don't do this because this is not the right time if you want to do something like that you should have give, uh, done it 20 years ago or 15 years ago so it it's tough making those choices but having said that the moment you start asking yourself these question and I keep on asking them again and again every time you are at a crossroad you will find that it is a very simple choice to make because you will feel that you know it is giving you peace it is you are at calm and uh, actually nothing everything else stops mattering absolutely right uh, yeah. and as you said right we run away from these questions because it's many times not comfortable or what it reveals is an uncomfortable choice but yeah. once you stop and really listen it's uh, always right right there in front of you the only thing is do you have that courage or do you have that maturity to really understand that uh, yeah and, and for- sometimes uh, i think your mentors do help you so it you should always have a circle of people uh, or friends or mentors who can actually become who are ready to become your sounding boards and they do uh, tell you that okay uh, uh, are you in the right direction or you are not at least they can tell you that definitely what you are doing is not something what you are meant for yeah yeah i think um, and that's what i'm doing right that's like for me that moment was in my when i lost my mother to cancer that was 10 years ago uh, but she was always a rock for me like no matter what i do she would like go out and say you can do it uh, but at the same time challenge me that do you really want to be doing that uh, but then giving me my choice to do whatever i want to do 
But I think only after her like passing away have I really started to question myself and really understand the questions that she was asking, but still being supportive of whatever I'm doing, right? Never coming from a place of judgment, always coming from a place of love. And then I try to be that uh, person for others sometimes who find it difficult to see that in themselves. So that's that's has been my journey. Profar, I'm, uh, I will say that's so happy for you because as I again said, you're beaming, it is showing on your face and I... I hope a little bit of that positivity and that um, surety rubs on to me also because I need it. I need all of it right now. Thank you. Thank you, Dipali. Right. And I'm sure we can continue to talk on forever. Uh, but to wrap this up, right, if anybody who is listening, anybody, I'm sure many people will be inspired and touched by what you have shared today. If anybody wants to reach out or find out more about or even join your team, what is the best way for them to do so? Oh, that's lovely. I didn't know that this was coming. <laughs> so I would have prepared a huge, I prepared a better way to uh, probably invite people here. But having said that, Sumit, thank you so much for giving this opportunity to me and making this as a channel for me to invite people, say anybody who is interested in any uh, animal health care, welfare, or remotely wants to make a difference in in the lives of animals, I'll be happy to uh, you know, talk to them and we can find out a way if you're really passionate and if you really care, we can definitely find out a way to you know, work together. You can reach out to me at my email ID. So do you want me to give my email ID here or how does, uh, how will that work? Can you share it here and I will also add it with the show notes. Sure. So uh, you can reach out to me directly at the Bali, D-W-E-P-A-L-I at M-Y-F-U-R-R-I-S, myfurries.com. So I'll be happy to chat. I'll be happy to work with anyone who wants to uh, be in this space. And I only thing what I can say is that we are in it for a long run. And there is a lot and lot we can do in this space. And we haven't even touched the tip of the iceberg. So everybody is welcome who really cares passionately about animals and their health. Thank you, Dipali, for sharing that and everything else that you shared. I will make sure to include the website and the email with the show notes. Uh, and yeah, once again, I want to wish you all the best for everything that lies ahead on the long journey that uh, that you mentioned. And I want to wish you all the best, uh, not just for yourself or your organization, but also the change that you're going to bring about through your work, like uh, for pets, for animals. Thank you so much, uh, Sumit. It was lovely talking to you and it was a great opportunity. Let me know if you know I can contribute and be of any help to you. I love that. And hopefully we talk again. Thank you. Thank you, Dipali. That's it for this episode of Choosing Leadership with Sumit Gupta. I choose leadership every time I record this podcast. And I invite you to do the same. I invite you to design a life of joy, meaning, pride and satisfaction not just for yourself, but for everybody around you. If you got something out of this episode, would you share this episode on social media? And if you know somebody who would be a great guest, can you tag them on social media to let them know about the show? And if you are a leader who wants to acknowledge how far you have come and have big dreams for the future, please reach out to me to be a guest on this podcast. And I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. This is what I do most naturally, to lovingly and gently provoke you, to help you see your own light, to help you see what you are already capable of, 
To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and it means a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, go to deployyourself.com and subscribe to my newsletter or follow me on LinkedIn. I want to thank everyone who contributed to making this show a reality and I want to thank you for listening. Always remember that you are enough, you are loved and you matter. This is Sumit. Until next time, keep choosing leadership.